Goff's three minute. Your story. Because knowledge is. As I sit here in an empty classroom, I can hear the ticking of the clock on the wall, which until now, I've never even noticed the clock in my classroom ticked because it's never been this quiet. The reason? A global pandemic currently sweeping across our nation. There is fear, anxiety, and panic about what the future holds. But this isn't the first time a global pandemic has gripped our world in fear, so I thought I'd take us back 100 years to the Spanish flu to show you that we survived it and there will be brighter days ahead. It is 1918. The world is in the throes of the Great War, where millions have died in the trenches as new weapons such as machine guns, chemical gas, and tanks dealt out death at never-before-seen levels. Millions of lives have been lost on the battlefields in Europe with no end in sight. Along with the World War, conditions during this time were perfect for the transmission of a disease on a grand scale. Intercontinental travel was becoming more efficient and commonplace, whereas a few years earlier, people weren't able to travel long distances in such a short time. And we were now becoming a global community with our economies intertwining and international business flowing. Combine that with soldiers going to and from the front in Europe, it was a powder keg, and the fuse was lit in 1918. Oddly enough, we still don't know where this new strain of influenza originated. Some argue it originated on the Western Front in France, where cramped conditions in the trenches combined with malnutrition and poor sanitation bred a new type of disease that soldiers would carry home with them when they went on leave from the front. Others suggest some of the 90,000 rural Chinese laborers who were brought in to help dig trenches and lay tracks brought it with them. Still others point to Kansas, where the flu strain showed up early. But it was 1918, and with less than preferred records, we just don't know. Now you may be thinking, you did not mention Spain, and yet it's called the Spanish flu. Allow me to explain. During wartime, countries tend to place certain restrictions on their press in an effort to not give away any type of weakness or strategy to the enemy. In doing so, many countries involved in World War I did not allow the press to publish news about the numbers of infected or even the disease itself. Spain was neutral during the Great War and with nothing to gain or lose in the fight, openly published details about not only the disease but also the numbers of infected and their fatalities. One of the infected was even their king, King Alfonso XIII, and upwards of 40% of all citizens who worked or lived in heavily populated areas got the disease. Due to this open press, the disease was quickly dubbed the Spanish flu. Symptoms included headaches and tiredness, which quickly was followed by a dry hacking cough, loss of appetite, stomach cramps, and excessive sweating. Eventually, pneumonia could develop. By the summer of 1918, it had spread throughout Europe. In June of 1918, it hit Britain, and in one London factory alone, they reported 80 of 400 workers going home sick in just one day. In August, it had reached North America, brought by Canadian soldiers to the St. Lawrence River. And the Boston Harbor received their first cases the following month. It hit the United States so hard that life expectancy for 1918 alone dropped 12 years from 51 to 39. Frankly, I was blown away that 100 years ago, America's life expectancy was only 51. Now, doctors' advice included the new normal for us, social distancing, but also drinking wine and beef broth and, for some reason, eating cinnamon was suggested. 
And much like we are currently seeing, stores, restaurants, and movie theaters began shutting down in an attempt to curb the spread. Doctors were in such a short supply that many medical students got an early promotion. By the spring of 1919, good news. The disease had begun to abate and the spread had stopped and fewer people were dying as the world started to regroup from this pandemic and the ceasefire of World War I. It's estimated that 25% of the American population was infected, with deaths estimated as high as 625,000. All told, over 50 million people died worldwide from the Spanish flu, with one in three human beings being infected, and around 3% of the world's population killed by the disease. Now there is a silver lining to all of this. One of the few countries or territories in the entire world to have no fatalities was American Samoa a tiny chain of islands in the South Pacific. As the disease began to spread and news reached the islands, the U.S. Navy-appointed Governor John Martin Poyer ordered an immediate quarantine of the islands. With the aid of several naval ships off the coast, where anyone with symptoms were to be held, Governor Poyer successfully kept everyone in the entire territory safe without a single fatality. Now, I know you're bored to death from this social distancing, which... Of course you are, because you're listening to this podcast. But remember, it worked for American Samoa, and hopefully it will work for us. So wash your hands, learn a new hobby, and binge watch your favorite TV shows, and we'll get through this. Class dismissed. This podcast, written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful, Wart County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.